Aqualads and Aqualasses. Welcome back to the Aqua Cave podcast feed for the latest edition of Top Man. Let's get some list-based entertainment going. Thanks for coming back. This is our second episode where we uh, do random top lists, you know, just for the hell of it. Today's topic is a fun one. It's an interesting one, and it's one that maybe when you see the title could possibly alienate you. But let me explain, because I don't want that to be the case. All right? So today's list-based entertainment is multiverses most wanted. Now, what the hell does that mean? Well, there is a new video game in town called Multiverses. Multiverses is a free-to-play fighting game that you can find on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, etc. Now, this game, to me, is very appealing, and also, at the same time, not very appealing. And here is why. So, it's a fighting game. You know, those are pretty fun to play. Pretty much anybody can pick them up and, and press the buttons and maybe have a good enough time. And it's in the same vein as Super Smash Brothers. Now, if you're not familiar with Super Smash Brothers, that is a fighting game that was created by Nintendo. And it's a lot of fun because what it basically is designed to do is take full advantage of Nintendo's IPs or intellectual properties. So, the characters that you're selecting to do battle with are characters like Mario, Yoshi, Link, Princess Zelda, Captain Falcon, Pikachu, etc., etc. I don't want to go on. I'm not some sort of Smash Brothers expert. I can't name all of them off the top of my head. But for me, a lot of the fun with playing Super Smash Brothers, or just sort of knowing about Super Smash Brothers, was wondering, who is coming next? What crazy fan-favorite character are they going to dust off and bring into Super Smash Bros.? Could it be someone who's on the radar? Or perhaps a very, very deep pull from Nintendo's roster of intellectual properties? Now, pivoting back to multiverses. Now that we know what multiverses is basically a clone of. Folks, multiverses is Warner Brothers owned. The film studio, the television studio, they have their own game studio, they own DC Comics, they own Cartoon Network. So, oh my goodness, you want to talk about a wealth of fucking characters to pull from. So, I hope that explains why Multiverses has me excited. Now, I have not played the game yet, folks. This is not about, like, the mechanics of the game or anything like that, alright? I'm interested in the game, but as of right now, I'm not interested. The roster of playable characters includes, you know, some fairly obvious choices and a few deep pulls. For example, you can be Batman, you can be Harley Quinn, Superman, Bugs Bunny, uh, Shaggy, Velma from Scooby-Doo. Okay, now we're getting a little deep. And then you've got, like, the Iron Giant, which is a great deep pull from the Warner Brothers catalog. Um... You know, you've got Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Okay, we're starting to branch out here. And Arya Stark is kind of the key for me. All right, here's my point. By integrating Arya Stark from Game of Thrones into the game, you're basically telling me the entire Warner Brothers catalog, because they own HBO, by the way, is carte blanche. Game of Thrones is a show that's full of murder, nudity, sex, uh, lots of stuff that is just not 
doesn't gel with Bugs Bunny. And that's totally cool. I'm to- that's part of the appeal of multiverses for me. So you know, you're you're saying that anything is eligible basically. It doesn't matter if you're an R-rated property, if you're a cartoon, if you're a comic book character, as long as you're a part of the Warner Brothers family, you are welcome. And so that gets me really really fucking excited. But there's such a wealth of intellectual properties to pull from. I started thinking to myself, well, I, there are a lot of characters that I want to see, so that's today's list-based entertainment, my multiverse's most wanted. All right, so here's what we're going to do. There are actually two lists. The first list is honorable mentions. Now, they're not real honorable mentions in a sense that I wanted to get them on the list, but I couldn't. To me, right now, honorable mentions means how the hell did they just not include these characters in the game to begin with? They seem fairly and very obvious to me as missed opportunities. Okay, for example, this one didn't make the honorable mentions list because I found out he was on the list, but he's getting added here in a few weeks. Black Adam. Obviously, the Black Adam movie is coming out. It just makes brand synergistic sense to include Black Adam into the game. So that should give you an idea of kind of where the honorable mentions are. The honorable mentions is a list that goes 10 deep. And uh, folks, the main event of the evening will be the top 30 characters that I want to see in multiverses, hence the title Most Wanted. Now, for each character, I will give you where they come from and maybe just a little quick fun thing that they could do in the game. Because it's a big list, there's not going to be a deep dive into number one. Sorry about that. And I am trying going to try to go through this thing not quickly to where I'm sounding like the Micro Machines guy or Blur from Transformers the Movie. That's a better reference. What a great movie. There, there's gonna, Someday there will be a Transformers the Movie podcast, the 1986 one, not those fucking Michael Bay movies. I just haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but that's totally on the side. Now, the honorable mentions is where we're going to start. They're not in any real order, and I don't have any sort of game mechanics for these guys, but if something pops out, maybe I'll throw it in here. Let's get started with some top 10. Honorable mentions, like I said, why? what are they thinking? Why aren't they just here to begin with? Here we go. Tony Soprano from The Sopranos. I mean, you've already included HBO with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones might be your big IP right now for HBO. Well, you got House of Dragons, that sort of world. So why not just go back to where it started? No, not Larry Sanders. Just give us Tony Soprano. I feel like, you know, that's an easy one. Speaking of easy ones, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. You've already got Arya. Why not just get Jon in here? He seems to be a character that everyone knows. uh, So you've got universal appeal there. Next obvious choice they missed out on, Buffy Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean... A pop culture phenomenon, a cult character, any way you want to slice it, it just makes sense to have Buffy in here. I mean, she's universally well-known. I I think that that explains that. Next on the list, this made sense earlier when I thought of this concept, Batgirl from DC Comics. (laughs) Well, I was going to say you got a movie to promote. You don't really have a movie to promote, but at the same time, you've already got Batman. You might as well include 
Batgirl. You know, a little diversity in your roster. She is still a super popular character aside from the movie cancellation, okay? Of course, introducing her now would probably be more like a slap in the face than a you're welcome. So maybe, maybe not. This one, I argued with whether or not I felt it was obvious, but then I remembered there's also a cartoon version of this character that, w- they, that exists as well. So it could be from the movie or the cartoon, your pick, but Beetlejuice, another character along the lines of Buffy Summers that just has a massive cult following, you know, especially with uh, Halloween coming up and what have you, you know, the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas has taken on a life of its own when it comes to marketing. That's a Disney thing. But Warner Brothers has their own sort of Nightmare on Christmas with Beetlejuice. You know, every time I walk into a Walgreens, I get inundated with all this fucking Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise. I'm not a huge fan of that. So just, you know, Warner Brothers, bring out, bust out the Beetle. The next one on the list, Daffy Duck from Looney Tunes. I mean, come on, you've already got Bugs Bunny. That's like having Mario and not Luigi. Uh, I just feel like the Bugs Bugs and Daffy go together. It would just seem obvious. Plus, if you got taunts in this game, the most obvious taunt in the history of Warner Brothers, I suppose you know this means war. I'm not going to try a Daffy Duck impression because it'll be unable to be understood. Next, from the Cartoon Network slash DC Comics, Robin from Teen Titans Go! Titans Go! I mean, Cartoon Network's a huge thing. You do have, like, Steven Universe in the game, I think. You've also got uh, Adventure Time characters in the game. Uh, But when I think of Cartoon Network, probably because I'm biased, I think of Teen Titans Go or uh, the Wee Bear Bears because my kids loved that show when they were little. But I'm in love with with Robin from Teen Titans Go. I think he's fucking hilarious. Uh, He's just Tiny Batman, basically. He wants to be in charge. It's just, I don't know, it's funny. That might be more of a me thing, but it seems obvious. Sticking with Cartoon Network, uh, the Adult Swim version. Where's Where's Master Shake from the Aqua Teen Hunger Force? That's sort of like Tony Soprano in terms of like HBO Sopranos. That's sort of you know what put us on the map with Adult Swim. I'm thinking Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and of course Family Guy reruns. But you know they don't own Family Guy. So and Master Shake, I guess maybe you could argue Meatwad, but Master Shake is the shit for me. Uh, the next one. From the Matrix, how are you not having Neo or Trinity in here? I mean, it's a fighting game, right? I mean, this one seems very fucking obvious as a, like, I'm going to smack you and say, duh. I mean, how do you miss out on this one? Uh, The next, from DC Comics, this is sort of a twofer. It could go either way, and it's in the similar vein as Batgirl, uh, Aquaman, Shazam, or I guess The Flash. Because, again, they all have movies coming out in the near future. Aquaman, already successful, and of course a personal bias for me. This is, after all, the fucking Aqua Cave. Um, Shazam, you've already got Black Adam, so maybe not. Uh, You may want to avoid the Flash. Uh, Allegedly, there's been some troubles there with uh, Ezra Miller. (laughs) That's it, I'm not going to say any more. And the... You know, like I said, these were not ranked, but the absolute number one honorable mention. How the fuck did you miss out on this? Now, I went back and double checked the active list of multiverses characters like six times to make sure this person wasn't there. And then I even tried to find like rumors of upcoming characters to see if this person, I got nothing. And to me, how the fuck did you miss this one? 
Harry Potter from the Wizarding World. Now, you might run into some crazy rights issues here because it's like, well, Warner Brothers owns the distribution to the Harry Potter films. They may not own the Harry Potter characters. I don't give a shit. Not figuring out some sort of way to get Harry Potter in here, which is your number one, well, one of your number one franchises, uh, a character known the world over. I know there's some sort of Harry Potter RPG or something like that coming out in the near future, so what the hell? I mean, come the fuck on. And that is really going to put a bow on the honorable mentions or the I can't believe you didn't include these fuckers to begin with. And, and, you know, I guess we got through that pretty quick, so I'm feeling pretty good. I think I might slow down when it comes to the top 30. All right? So, here we are. Without further ado, the main event of the evening, Multiverse's Most Wanted Top 30. And as the Joker would say, here we Number 30. And by no means is that to indicate that this uh, character only has this level of worth when it comes to reality, but in terms of multiverses. We've got Rick from Casablanca. You know, that classic black and white film that all all the old people in your life tell you is really good. You know what? I will freely admit, and I will cop to this, I didn't, I've never seen Casablanca until this very year when a podcast that I listened to reviewed it and uh, inspired me to watch it, and holy shit, is that a good fucking movie. But here comes Rick. First of all, he's a character that's in black and white. Yes, I might be lifting that from Last Action Hero, but what a way to make him stand out. A black and white character in an all-colorful world. Uh, Number two, maybe it convinces somebody to watch it. I uh, probably have an interesting move set. I can only imagine Rick having some sort of grab move where he grabs the opposing character, pulls him in tight, and says, Here's looking at you, kid, and then slap right to the face. You know, because it is a fighting game, right? You've got to be a little bit brutal, maybe a gun here and there. Sure, he's a little old school and a little hard nosed, but Rick from Casablanca is a deep, Warner Brothers pull, and it's just the start of this list. Deep pull, you say? Number 29, Oz, the dentist from the whole nine yards. So you probably thought I was going to say Oz, comma, the wizard of, but no thank you. We're going with Matthew Perry from the whole nine yards. What a hilarious movie that I always forget about. Matthew Perry, a hilarious actor I always forget about, hasn't made the best choices with movies, and the whole nine yards may only be infamous because of Amanda Peet's nudity. All right, I put it out there to the zeitgeist. I mean, you know, it happens. But at the same time, I think it's a fun little movie. And with a lot of people reevaluating Bruce Willis's career, his performance as Jimmy the Tulip is great. And you might say to yourself, well, Johnny... Jimmy the Tulip might seem like a better fit for this game. But no, this is all about deep pulls. This is about my multiverse's most wanted. Matthew Perry's line line delivery from the whole nine yards when talking to Jimmy the Tulip is some of my favorite. This scene where he says, Jimmy, why the hell did you even move into my neighborhood? And Jimmy the Tulip says, Oz, have you seen the soil around here? I've got these itty-bitty tomato trees that are growing this high. And we cut to Matt, and he says, Oh, my God! All right, fine. Maybe only I love it, but it stands out. 
Not to mention the scene where he runs into the plate glass into the fucking the window the door that has a window in it. I gotta imagine that would be his big move, right? Throwing his opponent into a door that they can't see. It is a fighting game, after all. And speaking of fighting, you can't just have all sorts of crazy characters that well, I mean you can have characters that don't know how to fight, but number twenty eight is equipped to take you down and kill you in a multitude of ways. We've got Casey Ryback from Under Siege and to a lesser extent Under Siege 2 Dark Territory, which is a trailer that was on like every VHS tape you read it in 1995 or 6 or whatever fucking year it came out. Of course, this is Steven Seagal, the cook, the cook who kills, you know, He's a he's a he's a military cook, and he's on the uh, the aircraft carrier that gets uh, taken over by uh, Tommy Lee Jones in a leather uh, leather coat and alleged sex predator Gary Busey. Yee, sorry, sorry about that one, folks. <laughs> That's a little uh, headlines for you, but Gary, you did it to yourself allegedly. But Casey Ryback's one of those all-encompassing '90s action heroes. He can fight you with a knife. He can snap your neck. He used a machine gun. He can distract you with uh, the chick who played uh, Ellie Clampett's bosoms. Uh, Erica Laniac, that's her name. Hey, I'm just referencing the movie. Don't blame me. Of course, after he kills you and wins, and it's like, Casey Ryback wins. He'll tell you, you got a problem with me winning? Talk to the captain. Just just talk to the captain. What? Oh, sorry, you're dead. Talk to the captain. Number 27. Folks, let Jesus fuck you. Because it's Reagan from The Exorcist. Yeah, I said it. It needed to be said. Can you imagine her crawling around the screen in her backwards spider walk, beating the shit out of you, and also freaking you out? What a way to to mess with your opponents. Uh, Vomit pea soup as a projectile attack? You better fucking believe it. Throw a crucifix? Sure. I, I could get behind that. Any way you slice it. The Exorcist needs some love. They keep trying to make sequels or prequels, and it's just not working out. So let's get Reagan in this video game, and maybe someone will start purchasing the Exorcist back catalog. And if they do, as a side note, if they get to the Exorcist 3, they will be exposed to the most ridiculous, all-encompassing, frightening, jump-scare, zoom cut of all time. Seriously, folks. Even if you don't want to watch The Exorcist 3 or play Multiverses, that's fine. This is more for fun. Do yourself a favor and YouTube Exorcist 3 Jump Scare. But make sure you do it in a well-lit area and not right before you're going to sleep. I am not easily frightened. And yeah, it still gets me, even when I know it's coming. Uh, Routing out the first five here, this massive list of 30. Number 26... An easy one, in my opinion. He could maybe throw little footballs or summon his dolphin friend and ride him around the room. Maybe his best lines and and uh, features haven't aged well. But somebody stop me. Oh, that's the mask. It's Ace Ventura. Ace, where are you? Psychoville and Finkel's the mayor. Where's Dan Marino? I mean, he could also project things from his ass. You know, maybe like a fart cloud or something like that. But he could call on his animal friends. Maybe 
when the match starts and Ace Ventura comes onto the screen, he can be in his little robot rhino and emerge from the buttocks as he does in Ace Ventura when nature calls a movie I haven't gone back to in years that I'm sure hasn't aged well maybe he could throw some great white guano right at you um I'm sure there's Ace Ventura gags that I'm forgetting about again it's a movie I haven't watched in some time but again Warner Brothers has all of this at their disposal. Casablanca, Whole Nine Yards, Under Siege, Exorcist, the Ace Ventura movies. And these are the types of things that I'm pulling from. This is what I want to see. You know, if it's some random Tuesday and I'm at work and I get some tweet alert that fucking Ace Ventura is in multiverses now, all right, I'll start to check it out. But the list pulls even deeper as we move forward. And even though video games are somewhat youth-oriented. And I think that's sort of an old-school expectation, to be honest with you. That doesn't mean that we can't appeal to gamers of all ages. With that in mind, number 25 is John Gustafson Sr. or Grandpa from the Grumpy Old Men series. Now, you might say to yourself, wait a minute, there's a lot of Grampies in that movie. Well, folks, I'm talking about Burgess Meredith, the Penguin himself. Hey, don't worry about it. Kids swallow quarters all the time. If she craps out two dimes and a nickel, then you've got something to worry about. How about you come over to my place and I show you my man-sized cannoli? (laughs) That's right. Creepy-ass Burgess Meredith from the Grumpy Old Men series. I fucking love this old man, and when I went through the list of Warner Brothers' own properties, Grumpy Old Men and its sequel, what I think is the far more superior, grumpier old men, because it's a little more light-hearted and a little less depressing, okay? Uh, It really just, this character rose me the right way. Sure, he's cranky, and sure, some of the things that he says may be off-putting, but perhaps that could be the genesis of his entire move set, if you will. Maybe he's really slow, but at the same time, his special moves, which involve his long, inappropriate jokes, uh, take a lot of damage from the opponent. That way, if you do get into a close quarters battle with him, it's pretty much over from the get-go. I'm sure he could smack you with his fishing pole, or maybe uh, destroy your insides with a plate full of bacon, because we all know, I wake up every day and I have six slices of bacon. For lunch, I have a bacon sandwich. And in between that, you know what I have for a snack? More bacon. I'll tell you what, though. I think that adding some senior representation would help this video game's success rate moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, let's go to number 24. And we go from the cold, icy lands of Minnesota to the lovely creekside of Capeside, Massachusetts. Because you don't have to wait any longer to see who's coming to kick your ass in multiverses. It is the main character of the seminal WB teen classic Dawson's Creek, Mr. Dawson Leary himself. And you know what I like about Dawson is that he's not only going to creepily record you with a video camera, in multiverses, he's going to beat the shit out of you with his BBO, boat-based offense. Because you got to imagine, 
You know, Dawson and Joey are always going up and down that creek on a boat. Dawson could probably not only be a star on the crew team at whatever university he ended up going to. I kind of dropped off the show after they went to college. But he's going to bring these oars to the battlefield and beat the shit out of you. And, And if all else fails... He can bore you to death with one of his long-winded, unrealistic Kevin Williamson teenage soliloquies. You know what, Joey? Ever since you went through puberty, you're just getting so persnickety, and your anamorphous ramifications of this polymorphic essence is really confusing me in a metaphysical way that means my dick gets hard when you sleep with me, Joey. What's going on between us, Joey? Anyway, I think Dawson would be a great addition to the roster. But you know who's even better in my eyes? Number 23, from the land of Hanna-Barbera, Snagglepuss. I'll tell you what, folks, I love Snagglepuss quite a bit. I I didn't really understand Snagglepuss as a kid and didn't get much exposure to the Southern gentleman. But I read a fantastic comic book called The Life and Times of Snagglepuss, and it's really good and I recommend it. I'll stop doing the Snagglepuss impression because I want to make this point clear. We need more cartoon characters in the game because the physics involved with characters like Bugs and Roadrunner and Daffy, like, that's a lot of fun. But Snagglepuss isn't the type of dude that wants to get engaged in the battle. And much like Grampy Gustafson from Grumpy Old Men, I feel like that's going to be to the advantage of the person who's using that character. Give Snagglepuss some crazy-ass moves. Maybe you get close to him and he hits you with the microphone. Because don't forget, folks... He wasn't so much a podcaster like myself, but he was a commentator on the Laugh Olympics, one of the greatest forgotten cartoon series of all time. When the Yogi Yahooies would do battle with the Really Rottens and uh, the Scooby fucking whatever their name was, I can't remember. But I love that show, and that's where Snagglepuss stands out to me. So give him a sort of Howard Cassell sports broadcasting blazer. And maybe, if you don't want to make him a selectable character, maybe you add a commentator to the matches. It's always fun to play around with stuff like that. See what you can get him to say. Oh no, fans. It looks like Casey Ryback is about to slit the throat of Ace Ventura. Oh, and there's blood everywhere. I just don't like it. But I love Snagglepuss, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Check out The Life and Times of Snagglepuss. I think that's what it's called. Fuck if it's wrong. Don't hate me. But I'm, I'm dead serious. It's a fantastic... Um, dive into dealing with yourself when the world's quite not ready to accept you. And I don't don't let my Snagglepuss impression throw you. I have mad respect for the character and mad respect for that comic as well. Snagglepuss, though, is really just the beginning of talking animal territory. Although our next character is not anthropomorphic like Snagglepuss is. And it's a very deep poll. Number 22. Don the Horse from the 80s classic Hot to Trot. And hey, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, don't worry. That just means you've lived a very regular life. Hot to Trot is a ridiculous, under-the-radar film uh, where a put-upon youngster named Bobcat Goldwaith Bobcat Goldwaith from Police Academy uh, comes into ownership of a talking horse that helps him make investments in the stock market. I'll allow you a moment to pick your job from the floor. Uh, best part, Don the Horse, voiced by legendary <laughs> Supreme Fat Guy actor John Candy. All right? So that means whenever Don the Horse is selected, there needs to be 
a sexy fat guy saxophone playing in the background. And I'm imagining Don the horse should also probably have some fat guy sunglasses as well. But he is a horse. He's going to be a fast character. And, you know, in fighting games, usually when you attack your opponent, you're head on, face to face, if you will. But Don the horse is unique. He's at an advantage when his opponents are behind him. You know, because he's a horse, and he can fucking horse kick you in the skull. Uh, He's also able to have a projectile attack. Maybe he throws some stock market graphs or charts, I would imagine. Uh, At the end of the day, though, even if Don the Horse isn't your favorite character to play with, you're going to have a good time, because like I said, that fat guy saxophone music is going to follow you wherever you go, and I think... This is the type of selection that when people hear it, they're like, Oh my god, what a deep pull. I have got to play that game. And Warner Brothers, that's what you're going to have to do. You can't just be Mario and Luigi. Sometimes you got to remind people of Mr. Game & Watch or the Ice Climbers. Those are indeed Smash Brother references. You just you can't be predictable with these things. But you know, whatever happened to predictability... The Milkman, you know, the Paperboy, and the Evening TV. Sometimes I miss my old familiar friends. You know, waiting just around the bend. Number 21, and you're hot, and you're hot. It's fucking Uncle Jesse from Full House. That's right. Uh, lead singer of the Rippers himself. Um, This is not going to be Uncle Jesse from Fuller House, mind you, the sleek, well-to-do, uh, Greek yogurt-slinging John Stamos. Oh, no. This is the uh, season one bemulleted uh, Uncle Jesse, okay? He's going to be able to smash you over the head with a guitar. He's also going to come equipped with some fantastic taunts. Have mercy, of course. Or, if you really want to fuck with your opponent, he might hum a bar of together and maybe some music notes fly out of him and and they do some damage or something but the real big one here the one that warner brothers really needs to focus on is that you know using music to attack or saying have mercy those are the easy go-tos if you really want to ting and play with our nostalgia it's real simple give this man an attack where he summons a car a motor vehicle if you will preferably the red uh, Corvette that I think it was Stephanie uh, ran into the kitchen. And by the next episode, hey, don't worry. The kitchen is fine. But have that car come onto the field and run over your opponent for a decent amount of damage. But every time this car attack happens, make sure the radio says, Rush Hour Renegades. Because that is what you know, these Warner Brothers fanboys really want. We want to be reminded of how things used to be so much better. And bringing in an 80 sitcom star like Uncle Jesse is going to do just that. Now, nostalgia is a funny thing. Sometimes we remember things as being good that were bad or bad that were good. And sometimes we remember things that were as bad that were just plain bad. With that in mind, I'd like to finish out the first 10 uh, new fighters in multiverses with number 20. The Doctor himself, no, not the Doctor of Style Slick, Dr. Arliss Loveless from Wild Wild West. Oh, you know which from the Wild Wild Siska. We go straight to the Wild Wild West. Yes, this is the bigoted southern gentleman scientist played by Kenneth Branagh. 
And you know what? I have a real soft spot in my heart for Mr. Loveless. Or, excuse me, Dr. Loveless. I want to make it very clear, though. Uh, it, it's not an endorsement of Dr. Loveless's, uh, uh, you know, the way that he thinks about people that don't look like him, okay? But it is an endorsement of Kenneth Branagh basically fucking doing a uh, Foghorn Leghorn slash Colonel Sanders impression. Because Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh is a fucking Shakespearean actor, okay? And he is done up in this fucking makeup with this wig, and he's just having himself a little weekend here at the theater. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, Mr. West. <laughs> I did not mean to cut you off. Oh, wait, no, that's something that he would say to him. But Dr. Loveless is going to be one of those characters you never really know what you're going to get because you can switch between two modes. You know, in Smash Brothers, you've got Samus, Zero Suit Samus, you know, and Smash Brothers fans are going to get that reference. So Dr. Arliss Loveless has normal mode where he's really, really fast because he's got a rocket wheelchair. Yep, yeah, he does. And this rocket wheelchair shoots those very large saw blades uh, that our heroes in Wild Wild West, that being Jim West and uh, fucking other guy, oh, Artemis, Artemis Gordon, yeah, that's his name, that they have to dodge in that movie. Now, what's nice about this, too, is you can also throw a magnet onto your opponent and have the blade maybe have five seconds to find them on screen and actually follow them around. It's craziness. However, if fast and and medium-level powered strikes isn't your bag, don't worry. You can also pick spider mode, Dr. Loveless, where the wheelchair turns into that giant fucking spider and you're really fucking slow, and your opponent can deal massive damage to you anywhere on the screen, you know, because you're a giant fucking spider. But the trade-off for that, if you can catch your opponent, you know, maybe you win in like two hits or something like that. You know what? I'm not a balance engineer for video games, okay? I'm just a podcaster. But I really think, and I hope to God, because we got 20 more to go, but I hope the first 10 have really... Uh, solidified my mindset for this thing. Let's go deep into our pop culture memories and really just rape and pillage the Warner Brothers catalog. And I realize that that might sound a little harsh, but Warner Brothers still owes society for our number 19 pick. So, you're in a movie theater and you see a poster for a movie. And it says, Somebody versus Somebody. Could be Superman versus Batman. Alien versus Predator, and to a lesser extent, Kramer versus Kramer. Now, most of the time, you can sort of look at that and infer, oh my goodness, these two things, oh, King Kong versus Godzilla, there's another one. It's like, oh no, these two things are finally fighting. Well, in the early 2000s, Warner Brothers fucked with my mind when they released a movie called Ballistic X versus Sever. And I was very confused because a part of me was like, what? The other part of me was like, oh man, X is finally taking on Sever. Wait a minute, do I know them? Are they from some sort of like random Dark Horse or Mirage comic book that I maybe have heard of once and now they're finally, in quotation marks, getting a movie? Well, guess what? They weren't. Ballistic X versus Sever or X and Sever, if you will, are two completely fucking made-up brand-new characters from Warner Brothers, and yet, here they are, finally, squaring off against one another. So for number 19, it's one character slot, but you can switch back and forth at your leisure. X and Sever, 
X, of course, the CIA agent, I guess, portrayed by Antonio Banderas, and Sever, the assassin, portrayed by Lucy Liu. Now, you want to talk about what they can do in the game? Well, folks, I don't mind telling you, X versus Sever has a very unique uh, award that they've won in their history. It's the lowest rated film on uh, meta, uh, movie review aggregator, there we go, site RottenTomatoes.com at a 0%. So, X and Sever have no moves to pay this penance. However, I'll throw a player a bone. If you decide to play as X and or Sever, we'll enter into the game a 30-button combination that if you can enter without being stricken by your opponent, you can win the round. So, let's clear that up. You pick X or Sever. If you can hit like A, B, up, down, left, right, center, square, triangle, there'll be a a specific 30-button sequence. If you can hit that in a row without getting touched by your opponent, I'll let you win the round, all right? But if your opponent hits you at any point in time, you got to start all the way from the beginning. And that will teach you to never pick X or Sever. Number 8. Folks, we need a very talented voice actor to contribute to this character. They're going to have to do not only a Southern American accent, but they're going to have to do an English accent as well. And they're going to have to choose when they speak their dialogue when to dip in and out and switch between the voices. Now, this is not another character that's actually two characters. You might think that, but it's just one man. Robin Hood, the Prince of Thieves. Of course, for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, portrayed by legendary un-English actor Kevin Costner. Because, unlike other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Now, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, is a guilty pleasure of mine. It's going to be a fun inclusion, because he's going to be a character that's absolutely one of those characters that doesn't get close up. He's a projectile fighter. He's got all kinds of arrows, trick arrows. Might as well just be fucking Hawkeye at this point. But I would love to find a way, and this is kind of a deep pull, but if you've seen Robin Hood, you know what I'm talking about. So in The Matrix, you know, we have we have bullet time, where time slows down, you see the bullets. We don't really, in Robin Hood, they kind of have like arrow time. You know, they don't slow things down so you can see the arrow, but they, it's kind of like if there was a camera on an arrow as it traveled to its target. Um, you got to have that in this game somehow. It has to happen. And, and a special treat out there for all the folks who are really digging Robin Hood, the Prince of Thieves. We might even put a little Easter egg into the code for everybody. And if you're a tricky little devil, you can uncover the Robin Hood nude code. That's right, because everybody remembers Robin Hood Prince of Thieves for the fantastic performance of Alan Rickman as the Sheriff of Nottingham and for Christian Slater also doing like a surfer English accent. Hi, Robin Hood! You want to... Hi, Robin Hood! You want to go over here and skate, man? Oh, my God. I love Christian Slater in that movie. But it's remembered for that fantastic scene where Kevin Costner is swimming nude underneath the waterfall, and we get a shot of that million-dollar keister. Well, somebody bring me the naked codes, because much like Tomb Raider or Mortal Kombat before it, we need to start spreading rumors that you can fight naked. Except in this game, 
there's going to be a mode where you can turn Robin Hood around and see those those charming cheekies uh, when he does a victory pose. Maybe he'll shoot an arrow to the sky. It'll fall down and rip off his pants bottom, and he'll be like, Oh, Maid Marian, my buttocks is exposed. But enough of you, Robin Hood. Number 17. I suppose this character is kind of a cheat because... It ex- they exist kind of like uh, a, a, you know Beetlejuice. When I mentioned the honorable mentions, they've got a movie, they've got a cartoon. Well, this character is a little different. They've got a movie that's really shitty, and they've got a DC Comics character that's decent enough. But you know what? Again, this is about deep pulls. So when I tell you we're going to include Steel, the Man of Steel from the seminal Death and Return of Superman storyline... I want to make one thing very clear. We're not going to use the version from the comics with the Superman symbol and the sweet cape. Oh no. This is the 7 foot 4 or whatever version of Steel from the movie Steel starring Shaquille O'Neal. With no Superman symbol on the chest. No cape. Just Shaq awkwardly walking around in a suit that is very, very uncomfortable. Now, Steel will be a very slow-moving character, as obvious. But unlike X versus Sever, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want Steel to be a wasted character. So here's the trade-off. You're slow, you hit hard, okay, but because you're Steel, every projectile move that your opponent can use against you just doesn't work. And that's the trade-off for being slow, and I mean really slow. All right, you can still take physical damage, but like if Robin Hood shoots an arrow, it's not happening. If uh, the horse from Hot to Trot throws uh, a graph or a chart at you, it's not happening. Uh, you know, if Ace Ventura shoots a fart cloud out of his asshole, it's not hurting you. I think I've, I think I made the point. So projectiles don't work against Steel, and he's a hard hitter physically. But like I said, super duper slow. And I, you know, I got to be honest with you though, Steel is a character that they might balk at because they might want to use him in a comic book or a movie, and you know how Warner Brothers is about stuff like that. But I think everyone who's seen Steel, there are like five of us, knows that there's one way that we can keep this secret. But we have to be very careful, and absolutely make sure, don't tell Grandma, that Shaquille O'Neal Steel is going to be in multiverses. And if you don't get that reference or joke... Good for you. You've never seen Steel. Ah, I know what you're saying. Johnny C, this list, it's crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. And I agree. That's why for number 16, I'm including Clark W. Griswold from National Lampoon's Vacation. I want to make something very clear. This is not Clark from European Vegas or that fucking waste of time Christmas vacation. I hate that movie so much. Every fucking Christmas, some motherfucker has to be like, let's watch Christmas vacation. And I'm like, no. Huh. But I get it. It's fine. I'm not trying to shame you if you and yours enjoy that. Movies bringing a family or a group of people together is actually something that I, I really a fan of. So, so please put your tweets down. I mean no harm. Uh, but the original vacation. Is just top-notch. If Christmas Vacation was like an original film, I might be a little easier on it. But this isn't about vacation. So, Clark W. Griswold, well, what's he going to do? How's this man going to fight? He's just a food additives processor or whatever. Well, 
Of course, he's got his trademark BB gun that he uses to take on fat, fat security guard John Candy. Um, so he's going to be able to use that as a projectile. And, you know, we talked about steel being invulnerable to projectiles. That's not something that every character can have. But Clark W. Griswold will have a special move that gives him maybe like a two, two and a half second shield against projectiles when he pulls an Aunt Edna corpse out of his pocket and holds it in front of him to block the maneuver. Because after all, she's dead. It's not going to do her any harm if she gets hit with a projectile. And you know, in Vacation, one of my favorite parts is when Cousin Eddie bequeaths a wonderful, beautiful pair of ridiculous, ugly as fuck, but also kind of hip in a unique way, pair of white shoes to Clark because... He, he mentioned how much he likes his. Uh, oh, I love him. I love him, Matt. I really, really do. I, I know you do, because when you saw mine, you told me how much you liked him. Or whatever the fuck the quote is. Well, Clark can equip these stylish white shoes and absolutely get a speed boost for the remainder of the match. But there's got to be a trade-off. When you equip the white shoes... A ghost dog, not Forrest Whitaker, an actual four-legged uh, friend, a canine that's a ghost, you know, like the dog, like Aunt Edna's dog that he kills, will chase you around the screen until you unequip the shoes. So you can take damage not only from your opponent, but from ghost dog, not the way of the samurai, but ghost dog, the ghost dog. And I think that's a fair trade-off. And also makes Clark a unique uh, character because, after all... Not many characters in fighting games get their own arch nemesis that follow them from round to round. But Clark, you're very special, and we're going to go ahead and make that a part of your appearance in Multiverses. I cannot believe we're halfway there. But we are indeed at number 15. And as a perfect pivot man, let's include the tiny little James Bond from The Goodies. It's Kihai Kwan's Data. Oh my god, I love Data so much. The Goonies has unfortunately, kind of like The Nightmare Before Christmas, as I mentioned earlier, become oversaturated in the marketplace. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, Goonies, Goonies. It's like, well, fuck you, man. I know that Goonies is cool, but I'm hardcore. I had Goonies taped off of HBO. I'm so hardcore that my tape was like, and now, a world premiere HBO movie special. Or movie, HBO world premiere, The Goonies. And then it was The Goonies. So, not only did I tape it off HBO, but I had like the initial run from HBO. I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of why I feel like oh, all these fucking uh, people are like, oh, yeah, the goodies are cool because I watched it in 2003 when I got high with my buddies in college. Like, no, 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 no. The Goonies has been around for much longer than that. But Data is absolutely the best. Uh, maybe Mouth is my favorite, the Corey Feldman character, but Data is more equipped for a fighting game. He's got the pinchers of power, the bully blinders. The Slick Shoes, which which I imagine being the cheapest move in the entire game, to the point that when someone picks Data, like, like if it was an arcade game and you had to put in your quarter, you walk up, you're excited, you put in your quarter, your opponent picks Data, you just fucking walk away and whistle. Because you're not fucking going up against Data because the Slick Shoes is cheap. Because it shoots an oil slick right in front of your opponent. So as soon as your opponent walks towards you to start punching, Slick Shoes just, you know, up. And you're stunned. It's kind of like the get over here if you're a Mortal Kombat player. Of course, his his most powerful move, the move that does the most damage, 
would have to be that fucking boxing glove that emerges from Data's chest. But, you know, just like in the movie, how it accidentally pops out of his chest and smacks him in the face. This move does a lot of damage, but it comes with a caveat. 90% of the time, it hits your opponent by design. Uh, but 10% of the time, it's going to recoil and hit you in the face. I mean, you've got to be true to the character's appearance in their film, comic, or television show, right? And that's what we've tried to do here. But now that data has been revealed, I'm blown away. I cannot believe we're halfway done with this project and we're making decent enough time. But in order to ensure that promise, let's keep moving forward. Number 14. Coming to us all the way from the fictional land of Mepos. It is Mepos's greatest export. It is Balki Bartokomus from Perfect Strangers. Balki is such a lovable pop culture character. He's got to get included in the game, right? Of course, the Balki player will be able to do a lot of damage when he hits his opponent with the classic America or bust sign that Balki sits by with that stupid fucking look on his face in the opening credits to every episode of Perfect Strangers. But Balki's not coming at this thing alone. I'm sure that he can summon some sheep to assist him in battle. Because after all, Balki love him some sheep. And of course, the player can enter a special combination and Balki will proclaim, now that we are so happy, we do the dance of joy. And of course, Balki will do a dance of joy combo, which will deal a really good amount of damage. But the Balki player will have to pay the sacrifice because after performing the dance of joy, Balki will be a little tired and a little dazed and the character will be like, whoa, 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 and maybe vulnerable to attacks for like a second or two because there's got to be a trade-off. You know, if Balki shows up at your apartment, now you've got a, a friend, someone to talk to, uh, but the side effect, it's fucking Balki and now you have to live with Balki. So trade-offs are important. Number 13, and folks, seriously, number 13 is a, is a is an awesome character. Uh, spoiler, all right? If you have not seen HBO's Watchmen, fucking fast forward like a minute, okay? Because it is Sister Knight from HBO's Watchmen. Angela Abar, detective extraordinaire and absolutely a motherfucking nun with a motherfucking gun. Sister Knight is not here to fucking play around, just like in Watchmen. And all of her moves involve beating the shit out of her opponent with her awesome rosary beads. Uh, she's going to be a sick combo type character. Absolutely the type of character that your hardcore and real gamers are going to be geared towards. But, you know, it can't be all close quarters combat. Uh, and this is where the spoilers come in. Uh, since she basically becomes Dr. Manhattan at the end of Watchmen, maybe we'll allow her to do a couple of long-range projectile psychic-type maneuvers. Maybe you can throw your opponent to the ground just by using the power of your mind. But if that's not going to work for you, if you don't want to include Dr. Manhattan-type maneuvers because you don't want to spoil the show, okay, that's fine. We'll give her one projectile move. She can throw the electronic lithium-powered Excalibur at her opponents. What's that you say? What the fuck is that? Well, fans of the Watchmen show will know that's the rather large, comically large, you might argue, blue dildo 
that the Silk Spectre uses to pleasure herself in the Watchmen television program, let's have Sister Knight throw that bad boy at her opponents. Because after all, she's experienced the real thing. Moving forward, number 12, a deep pull indeed. We've got the Icebox from the classic family film, Little Giants. Of course, Icebox is a bruiser. Lots of tackles and throw-type maneuvers, you know, but she's also going to be really fast. Because Icebox is a kid. What is it with kids? They never get tired. They never want to go to sleep. So we're going to abuse that. We're going to make this kid go to work. She's going to be a super fast character that can knock her opponents to the ground uh, with ease, relative ease. I mean, she is a badass, all-encompassing football player, right? And also a good role model for the kidsters. But, you know, you got to imagine, you see all these people, these dudes on the internet who are fucking really assholes, you know, like, oh, what the hell, She-Hulk's got her own show, oh, what's with this Mary Sue with the lightsaber, you know what, I hope you fuckers never watched Little Giants, alright, did you watch, like, Little Giants and, like, yell at the screen as a 10-year-old kid, like, mommy, there's a fucking girl on TV playing football, what the hell, Jesus hates that, mommy, get the girl, get the girl that Jesus hates off a TV show, I don't know, I like Little Giants, so I'm including the icebox, and of course, Of course, she's got one big special move. It's going to take us to a magical land. Puerto Rico! Oh! Puerto Rico! Oh! Finally. I've been waiting so long to work in that Puerto Rico song that legendary podcast journalist Aaron George is a fan of into a podcast. I've finally done it. Check it off the bucket list. But her big move is the annexation of Puerto Rico, the famous trick play that the Little Giants used to win the big game. (laughs) Of course, if the Icebox has a football, we've got to include a move where maybe she drops it and just randomly a voice appears on the screen, a voice plays over the the audio that goes, Fubaruski! 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 Because I fucking love that random Ed O'Neill, Fubaruski, that he yells (laughs) during the big game. But the annexation of Puerto Rico is a trick play where where the Cowboys don't know which little giant has the football. So in the video game, the Icebox will create multiple clones of herself, and the player that you're fighting against won't know which Icebox is indeed the real Icebox. But it's going to fade away. can't last forever. Speaking of things that can't last forever, well, this television show felt like it lasted forever. And at number 11, just... Missing the top ten. <laughs> it is indeed Steve Urkel from Family Matters. And I know, I'm sorry that Steve misses the top ten. But Urkel is one of those pop culture characters that, I mean, I get it. I understand why it was pop. I grew up in the 90s, okay, so I get it. But holy fuck, much like people who play against the Steve Urkel character in multiverses, I just want to punch Steve Urkel in the face. He's got a projectile, like most characters do. Well, he's going to throw some cheese. And here's the caveat. Of course, fighting game fans and aficionados love to yell, Get over here! Sure, we get pissed off when that's all the Scorpion player does, but at least we hear, Get over here! Because, you know, that's a fun thing to hear. Urkel has got to be annoying as fuck in order to 
clearly represent the character, so every time you throw some cheese, he's going to cheekily ask, Got any cheese? Got any cheese? So when your opponent spams the cheese move, you just hear, Got any cheese? Got any cheese? Got any cheese? Got any cheese? And of course, you know, violence from you to the person you're playing against will ensue. Um, you can all, we got another dance though, alright, you've got to incorporate the Urkel dance, a move that gives your damage a boost, but also makes you more vulnerable to damage from your opponent, and you know what, for all our, our deep, loving Family Matters fans out there, we'll include a little Easter egg, where maybe you can do a character swap, and instead of picking Urkel, you could pick the suave, sophisticated, and sexy Stefan, that emerges from Steve when he drinks a magic potion. See, See, right there, folks, there's your indicator that your television show has lasted too long. Because not only do you have a robot version of your annoying side character that's suddenly become the main character, you've also incorporated a magic potion. So for all you aspiring television writers out there, if you're not writing a television program that involves magic, I better never see a magic potion in your television show. But that's going to take us to the the mainest of the main events, I guess. Finally, the top 10 multiverses most wanted. Here we go. Number 10, the old man from A Christmas Story. You know, oh, my old man, like Rembrandt was to painting, my man, my old man could paint a canvas with swearing or whatever the fuck it is that Ralphie says. It's the dad. From A Christmas Story. I fucking love this guy. I also love the fact that legendary character actor Darren McGavin would also be Billy Madison's dad as well. Oh, you got a big day tomorrow. Drinking and jack-off magazines or whatever he says. So, the old man from A Christmas Story, much like characters in other fighting games, always has a weapon with him in his hands that he uses as his major form of offense. Is it a sword? No. Some sort of shield, like he's Captain America? Well, no. It's a major award! Because he battles each match carrying the leg lamp. Now, he's not without special moves, however. This character has a bunch. But he's a big risk-versus-reward character. As his special moves deal heavy damage, but also come with a little bit of a risk. He can summon the Bumpus Hounds to deal big damage. And when he does so, he yells, Bumpuses! Bumpuses! However, the dogs may choose to attack you instead. Because, you know, they're unpredictable mangy mutts. He can use his son's Red Rider BB gun. However, if your opponent blocks the attack, it may ricochet back and shoot your eye out. So you better duck. He can summon a giant furnace and toss you into it. But there is a possibility it may not work. And your character is forced to attempt to perform maintenance on said furnace. Number 9. Coach Chester, the put-upon Rodney Dangerfield from Ladybugs. Hey, he's great. He's wonderful. Everybody likes him. Hey, who am I talking to? Of course, poor Coach Chester doesn't have much self-confidence, so he carries around that tiny mirror and delivers his mantra to himself, I'm great, I'm wonderful, everybody likes me. Well, Coach Chester can use that tiny mirror to inflict tiny damage onto his opponents. And while we don't know a lot about Coach Chester, we do know one thing. 
He's got a lot of balls. Soccer balls, that is. And he can summon a soccer ball that he can use during the entire match as a weapon. Uh, you know, if you ever played Mega Man 8, you know the Mega Ball that Mega Man kicks around? Think of it like that. That's a deep pull for all the nerds out there, but you're welcome. Uh, he can also summon butterflies to distract his opponent. Much like his goalie, I think it is, that's distracted by butterflies. Is it Chew? I can't remember. I haven't seen Ladybugs in years, but God, I watched it a lot as a kid. He can also equip a wig and enter Martha mode to take less damage. However, much like the old man, there's a bit of a risk here. If you wear the wig for too long, police officers may appear and deal damage to you with their nightsticks. Now, it's not because, I want to make this very clear, there is nothing wrong with dressing how you feel. However, in the movie, Coach Chester's master plan to dress up a suicidal Jonathan Brandis. Oh, that was a bad that joke was in bad taste. Uh, Matthew and make him cross dress as Martha against his will. Okay, that's got to be some sort of child abuse. Number eight, Doctor Bill Paxton, aka the Extreme, from the movie Twister. Yep, you ever think you see a storm chaser in a fighting game? Well, neither did I. But he's not just any storm chaser. He's some sort of a genius inventor, question mark? Because he invents Dorothy, the tornado computer, again, question mark? But we've all seen Twister. You all know Dorothy, the big giant thing that they lug around with the little tiny computers that will track the path of the tornado. Well, the extreme can toss one of these into the battlefield at any time and summon tornadoes that deal damage to his opponent. However... Your opponent can steal Dorothy and use it for themselves. If this happens, of course, your character, the Extreme, will be dazed for a few moments when they are forced to deliver the absolutely iconic movie line that I say constantly, out of context to people, You stole my invention, you son of a bitch! God, I, I fucking don't like Twister, but I love that line so goddamn much. Of course, what would these tornadoes be if they didn't come with a little extra bonus? If you summon a tornado, don't forget to enter the special button command to summon a cow to fly into the screen and deal damage to your opponent. And what the hell? Because Twister is completely unrealistic. If you enter another super secret button command when a tornado's on the screen. Let's say that the extreme can jump into the tornado and ride it around like he's spinning on a goddamn roller coaster or a top and then fly out of it and deliver like a ridiculous flying kick to your opponent. Because hey, twister physics be damned. Let's get it on. Number seven, Mitchell Guzan from Airborne. He's a laid back surfer dude from California that finds himself a fish out of water when he's forced to move with his cousin Wiley in icy, cold Ohio, the Arctic tundra that it is, let me tell you. Now, Mitchell Guzan is really laid back. And if you've ever seen Airborne, I really hope this one is a big payoff for you because that is, ironically, a movie that I didn't discover until I was in college behind a haze of bong smoke. Kind of like how I shit on people earlier for the Goonies. Well, I didn't discover Airborne until I was much older, but I fucking love it. It's just the perfect 
like 90s like whoa bumpucci type of movie but mitchell because he's whoa and laid back has a unique game mechanic much like how in the movies he chooses not to fight back fight back against the school bullies because he's from california mitchell cannot attack in multiverses until his health bar is extremely low but when your health bar is extremely low don't worry Mitchell Guzan transforms from laid back brah to his 90s extreme sports mode. You can be in surf mode and allow you to summon massive waves and use your surfboard to get across the screen more quickly. He can enter team rollerblade mode, which allows him to skate around the screen and deal massive damage with his regular melee attacks. Because you know what, kidsters? Getting kicked hurts. Getting kicked by someone wearing rollerblades, I imagine if they don't fall over and they do hit you, it would really fucking hurt. And just a little warning to all you Mitchell Guzan players out there. If you become a really good player with Mitchell, all the ladies in your small town may become suddenly smitten with you. As of course they do with the Gooseman. Number six, Rainbow Randolph from Death to Smoochie. I'm Rainbow fucking Randolph. What a what an underrated gem Death to Smoochie is, in my opinion. I I could see why you don't like it. I think it's just one of those movies that comes out of nowhere and hits you with all the right shit. Rainbow Randolph, of course, can shoot magic rainbows that turn into dollar signs, as he's a uh, quite the greedy children's television host. He gets a damage reduction shield if he sings, Friends come in all sizes, it's a fact, it's true. All the colors of rainbow from mauve to blue. But again, we're in the top ten here, so there's a unique game mechanic equipped to him. When his health bar is depleted, he turns into the homeless variant of Rainbow Randolph. Where he's put upon and has no one to turn to, nowhere to go, and nothing to live for. However, he gains a special ability when he's homeless. He can throw his special cookies that are shaped like dicks. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, I hope that one lands and smacks you right in the face. With just 10% of his health bar remaining, he turns into a hybrid homeless slash fully dressed Rainbow Randolph version, just like at the end of the movie, and can also summon Smoochie and, to a lesser extent, Moochie to get a little bit of assistance when it comes to damage dealing. The Moochie character may not age well, but I still love it. And speaking of love, I'm deeply in love with the top five, and I hope you are too. I'm especially proud of the game mechanics that I've invented for number five. Not number Johnny Five. That's not owned by Warner Brothers. Perhaps the deepest pull, not so much because of the movie, because the movie is quite known and well-loved, but the character I've chosen from this movie. There are a lot of iconic characters in this film, but I've decided to go with Spalding from Caddyshack, Judge Smills' annoying put-upon grandchild. He carries a weapon just like the old man from A Christmas Story. You might think to yourself, well, what is it, a golf club? Well, no, Spalding doesn't want to play golf. He attacks with his tennis racket, and if you pull off a combo, he yells, No, I'm not, Grandpa, I'm playing tennis! He can also throw his inhaler as a projectile weapon, and yell, but what about my asthma? 
He also comes equipped with what I'm calling the brutal junk food combo. He lunges and attacks, and you have to enter different button combinations for each part of the combo. But if you enter the correct combination, he strikes you with and yells, I want a hamburger! Smacks you with a hamburger. No, a cheeseburger! I want a hot dog! I want a milkshake! And of course, he strikes you with all those food items. If the player can hit with all four items, your character becomes dazed for about a second because, number one, you've inflicted massive damage and we need to slow you down here. But Judge Smills also appears on screen, makes you stop, and yells, You'll get nothing and like it! Speaking of his granddaddy, Judge Smills, he can summon his little tiny boat, the Flying Wasp, and move quickly around the screen. This is kind of unfair, though, and if you ride around in the Flying Wasp for too long, Judge Smills again appears, kicks you off of the boat, and yells, Spawning, get your foot off the boat! Number four. Gus Gorman from Superman 3. Yep, why choose Superman? Why... Why not even choose the creepy computer lady from Superman 3? Because Richard Pryor's Gus Gorman from Superman 3 is one of my favorite movie characters of all time. And hey, guess what? He's basically three characters in one. You could pick normal, jobless, don't know what to do with my life Gus Gorman that attacks with his patented yo-yo, which he could be seen using at the uh, Department of Job and Family Services in the opening scene. He can also attack you with his cigarettes, which he smokes throughout the entire film, which doesn't bother me, but it's just a staple of 80s films. <laughs> but if normal Gus doesn't cut the mustard for you, no problem. Switch into oversized cowboy hat version of Gus Gorman. I cannot watch Superman 3 without having a conniption fit whenever he gets drunk with Brad, the security guard, and where's that oversized cowboy hat? I can't handle it. And in the game, I doubt that I could ever pick this mode, but if I do, I would get to attack my opponents with a suitcase full of booze. And if either one of those don't work for you, just pick the skiing version of Gus Gorman. You know, when Gus Gorman is on the ski slope, this somehow atop the skyscraper of the fucking bad guy in the movie. Because, you know, why not have a fucking uh, ski uh, slope atop your evil bad guy hideout that's just a skyscraper in the middle of Metropolis where he wears a blanket as a cape and pretends to be Superman. He also has his skis and some ski poles that he can use to attack his opponent. Unfortunately, there's a side effect to ski mode because it's the most powerful. If you're in ski mode for too long, you may suddenly fall off a skyscraper to your imminent death. But hey, all you Gus Gorman players out there, don't worry. Just like in Superman 3, Gus will land safely on the street without taking any damage. Number 3. Stanley Jobson from Swordfish. Hack the planet. And no, don't even ask... Halle Berry's put-upon Ginger will not appear in the game. Hugh Jackman's Stanley Jobson is, of course, the magic, question mark, hacker from Swordfish, a classic movie that doesn't know shit about computers and a classic movie hacker from that film. His offense is based around one of the greatest slash 
most ridiculous scenes in movie history. And if you've seen Swordfish, you know what I'm talking about. The action-packed hacking montage where Hugh Jackman is forced to hack into some really intense computer system. And they show this via montage. You get Hugh Jackman hacking away at the keyboard, typing random shit, and yelling things like, come on, baby, come on, baby, come on, baby, no! And then, like, a skull and crossbones appears on the monitor for some reason. He's drinking wine and trying to hack using multiple keyboards at one time. Type with your feet and toes? Why not? Your super hacker, Stanley Jobson. And how do you really get your point across to the audience that you're doing a major hack? Well, you talk to yourself. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Oh, come on. No, no, no. Come on. And you type feverishly and faster. No, no, no. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh. And you drink a little wine and you're like, yes, I'm hacking. Oh, ooh, look at this. Look at this crazy hacking. Oh, now I'm jumping around the screen from computer board to computer to keyboard to keyboard. Typing stuff here. Typing stuff there. I'm hacking, people. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But somehow, I fucking love it. Now, to get over that he's a hacker, Stanley has a unique moveset. Stanley players have to memorize different hacks. Here's what I mean by that. So let's say you pick Stanley and your opponent is Rainbow Randolph. And let's say the Rainbow Randolph hack is down, down, X. If you execute that, you can hack your opponent and control them for a few seconds. But here's the kicker. It sounds really easy. But if your opponent picks the old man from A Christmas Story, and you don't know that hack? Well, much like Stanley in the hacking montage, you'll find yourself yelling, Come on, come on, come on, come on! No, oh, damn it! You know, because you're unable to successfully complete your hack. And if you enter the wrong code, a warning. Soul Patch, long-haired John Travolta may appear and lecture you about the top five Al Pacino films. Number two. Everyone, take a breath. He made it. Because it is a Warner Brothers film. Jimmy King from Ready to Rumble. Unfortunately, though, wrestling fans, he did not make number one. Now, obviously, he can crown his opponents and yell, I will rule you. However, in a tremendous example of brand synergy and sponsorship, Jimmy King can summon a comically large Butterfinger candy bar and beat the shit out of his opponents. As you chip away at your opponent's health meter, however, the Butterfinger candy bar will eventually chip away as well. And after you've used it for a long enough time, it will completely break and vanish. Jimmy King then forced to take a pause for about a second and deliver his iconic greatest movie line of all time. You broke my butterfinger, baby. When you're low on health, don't worry. Enter the special button combination and consume the purple sugar slush, king-sized, to regain a little bit of health. But abuse this tactic, drink too much, and a mysterious masked wrestler may appear and attack you. Oh my god! That's Jimmy King's son! Number one. Holy shit. If Jimmy King didn't make number one, who's number one? What's their name? <laughs> well, his name is Willie. Willie Beeman. He keeps the ladies creaming. And all his fans got him screaming. You're going to feed him. Are you dreaming? That's right. 
third string Miami Sharks quarterback Willie Beeman from any given Sunday. Now, you might be surprised to hear this, fans. I'm not really much of a sports guy. I fucking love any given Sunday. And you know why? It reminds me of the crazy, bullshit, soap operatic world of professional wrestling. Because every player, every pl- like I get it, if you're a pro athlete, like you kind of exist in your own little world. And I respect that and I get it, okay? However, for some reason, Hollywood director extraordinaire Oliver Stone basically made every single foot player in the fictional AFFA a basically a fucking wrestling character come to life. There's a ridiculous offensive lineman that wears, like, war paint and, like, eats children and cuts your car in half with a chainsaw. Okay, he may not eat children. You've got LL Cool J's fucking running back, who's basically The Rock come to life, as if The Rock was a real person. Uh, You've got put-upon quarterback Dennis Quaid, who's basically the living embodiment of Captain America or a John Cena, Hulk Hogan-type character past his prime. And, of course, superstar... Hotshot, third-string quarterback, Willie Beeman, who gets taken over by his love for fame and the endorsements. And Jamie Foxx with a tremendous performance here. It's a performance that has layers, much like onions, as Shrek would say. And and you know what? I I think that's what contributes to him being number one. Or you might say, well, Johnny, Rick from Casablanca was number 30. So, your thesis holds no water. And to that, I would retort, you might be right. But fuck it. Number 13, Willie Beeman is number one. Now, what's he bringing to the dance, though? Well, (laughs) regardless of what button combination you might be entering to attack, unfortunately, Willie Beeman is the fastest character, but he comes equipped with a side effect. He randomly projectile pukes. (laughs) Now, it might do damage, but it might fuck up your button combo. If if a big seven-hit combo is like, circle, square, X, well, shit, I puked, and now I have to start all over again from scratch of course he can throw super balls or super balls super footballs that i don't know might be thrown so fast they turn into flaming footballs and catch you on fire maybe someone can yell toaster it doesn't matter enter the secret button combination and gain strength by inflexing your chest and drinking metrics need a speed boost however just take a sip of the invisible juice and of course If the Willie Beeman player gets off to a massive lead and is beating the shit out of his opponent and not taking any damage, Willie Beeman may become distracted when reporters, photographers, and ladies appear on screen to distract him. He has a 10-hit combo that's the hardest combo to pull off in the entire game. However, if you pull it off successfully right after hit number 9, and you deliver the button combo for the 10th and final strike, he will pause and deliver his famous quote, Bitch, you plumb dumb, and then strike the final blow. And speaking of the final blow, fans, that's going to do it. We made it. The top 30 multiverses most wanted. And folks, I hope it's been worth the listen for you. I've tried to make it as entertaining as possible to the point where you know what i don't get you don't give a shit about multiverses that's totally cool this was a list that was 
basically an excuse to do random references to shit that I love, but I want to make it clear. I did my internet research, and all these characters and random appearances are Warner Brothers' own properties that could technically get entered into multiverses at any time. So, keep your eyes open and your ears to the ground. And while you're doing that, don't forget to subscribe to the Aqua K podcast feed. That way you get notified whenever new content drops. As always, I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you. We'll see you next time. Get to work. He gotta go to work. Go!